0: This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire and the Newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. The Benton Harbor Area Schools Board of Education has given Superintendent Kelvin Butts a positive job rating. The board held the superintendent's annual performance evaluation this week with trustee Angel Creighton reading the results. The consensus finding for the evaluation was a 78% rating with a score of 3.1. This ranked Dr. Butts in the effective category. Effective is one step below the highest rating of highly effective. Trustee Ronaldo Triplett praised Butts. We just had an absolutely amazing session, and I just want to say congratulations to our superintendent. I really appreciate what you're doing. You're doing a good job. You stepped in when nobody else would. Butts thanks trustees for a spirited and intuitive evaluation, saying he has his marching orders and looks forward to continued work with the board. Butts has been serving as superintendent since the summer of 2022, but just had a contract finalized in October. Lest We Forget founder Don Ellsborough has died. The 83-year-old Ellsborough was a Vietnam veteran who had a passion for history and honoring those who served. He started, Lest We Forget, in 2006, organizing World War II reenactments like landings at Tiscornia Beach and demonstrations at the Southwest Michigan Regional Airport. His goal was always to keep the lessons of history alive for new generations. Lest we forget, Vice President Lee Sherwitz tells us he met Ellsboro at the airport where Sherwitz once worked and was enlisted in Lest We Forget in the very beginning. When ideas for the first Lest We Forget events developed, it was Ellsboro's networking skills that helped bring things together. He brought in people from all over the country to put on this event and to use all the connections available to him. He was a likable guy that you couldn't say no to. Sherwood says Ellsboro is a leader among leaders. He had a persona about him that drew people to him to want to help and want to do things. He had the vision, and he brought in the people to make it happen. Lest we forget, President Larry Wozniak says Ellsboro had an enthusiasm for history and was a great asset to the community. Lest we forget, Ray Demonsky says Ellsboro was big on education, having taught at Lake Michigan College and a, quote, bonding agent who brought people together. Demoski says he and Ellsboro traveled to Washington for the Medal of Honor ceremony honoring South Haven's Jim McLuhan, and together they met many Medal of Honor recipients. Ellsboro will be honored at the Lest We Forget to Scornia Beach Landing on June 22nd. A celebration of life will be held Monday at Stark's Funeral Home in St. Joe. You can find his uh, obituary at the Stark's website. Members of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union Local 951 have voted to ratify new contracts with Meyer. There are three contracts, and they include improvements to wages, paid time off, health care, 401k, and premium pay. Union local president John Kakmaki tells us the deal covers the vast majority of Meijer workers in Michigan. So it was a four-year agreement. It affects about 25,000 employees, retail, warehousing, logistics, and then maintenance mechanics and mechanics. The deal includes immediate wage increases of up to $1.50 an hour. Other improvements to the contracts include more paid time off, a 25% increase in the company's 401k match, more opportunities for full-time positions, and a shortened healthcare eligibility waiting period for new employees. Kak Mackey says that's not all. There's some real improvements in the paid time off. Some people, when they hit 18 years, some people will get an additional two and a half weeks of paid time off. Others will get eight. And then there were some minor improvements throughout the scale for those that just hire in up to 18 years. Kak says the negotiations took about four and a half months, telling us the union has a pretty good relationship with Meyer. It's represented Meyer workers since 1951. The agreements are effective February 25th. Legislation to regulate short-term rental properties in Michigan has been introduced in the state house. State Representative Joey Andrews says it'll create a registry of SDRs and an opt-in excise tax on short-term rentals set at 6% of the occupancy charge. The money would go to the local community. However, not everyone's supportive of the plan. George Lucas is a realtor with RE-MAX in Harbor Country. He tells us the state legislature is approaching the STR question from the wrong direction. In my opinion, the bill creates a new bureaucracy that isn't necessary. It creates a new database that is not necessary. And it either extends or creates new taxes, which may or may not be necessary. Lucas says the legislature would should determine at what point any rental of a residential property becomes a commercial use. That is, how our long-term rentals, not also commercial? Lucas says many realtors are opposing the regulations introduced in Lansing. Real estate agents are salespeople, and you get paid when you sell something. And if you have ready and willing and able buyers who are ready to purchase a property, but they can't because their intended use isn't allowed, you know, that prohibits them from making a sale. Lucas says the issue comes down to a property owner's right to use their property as they wish versus another property owner's right to enjoy their property. Meanwhile, the Southwestern Michigan Association of Realtors tells us it's opposed to the legislation out of support for property rights. Executive Alan Jeffries says he disagrees with the legislation and believes there's a better solution. The Bridgman downtown courtyard is now officially a city of Bridgman Park. The city council voted this month to approve the designation. Bridgman Parks Director Sarah Ball tells us the courtyard on Lake Street downtown came together as a result of a partnership involving the city, the Bridgman Corridor Improvement Authority, the Greater Bridgman Council for Growth and Advancement, and Bridgman High School. They took the space between Rochford's The Next Generation and the Accents Shop and turned it into a public gathering spot with regular summer concerts. Ball says with the courtyard and now a park, the city will run it. The park still did help oversee it. We did water the flowers even before it became part of the parks department. We kept it looking clean and neat, leaf blowing, wiping down the tables, taking care of the umbrellas, things like that. So we still did basic maintenance, but now it falls directly underneath the parks department. Ball says the music will continue at the courtyard, but she's also planning to add other programming like a pickleball court, life-size chess pieces, and possibly a theatrical performance this summer. She says the courtyard really adds to the city's assets. We're like right downtown Bridgman, and I think that's going to add a better quality of life. And that's really what we're looking for is instead of going to the beach, let's come to the courtyard. You can walk downtown, look at the businesses, and then enjoy a concert on Friday night. Ball says you can stay on top of the schedule for the courtyard at the city's website. The Bridgman downtown courtyard was given a Community Excellence Award by the Michigan Municipal League this year. And coming up on March 23rd will be the Spring Egg Extravaganza at Dr. T.K. Lawless Park near Cassopolis. The event will help everyone welcome in the spring with a big egg hunt, an inflatable slide, face painting, crafts, wagon rides, a bunny barrel car ride, Whitney's Magic Minis, and a bonfire. The egg hunt will be split into two age groups, ages 2 to 4 and 5 to 10, so all the kids get a chance to have some fun. The Easter Bunny will be making a special appearance as well for photo opportunities and interaction with the kids. The Cass County Parks Department invites all families to come out to the park for a day of excellent entertainment. The spring egg extravaganza will be March 23rd from noon to 2 p.m. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. President Biden has announced new sanctions on Russia. The move comes one week after the death of Putin opposition leader Alexei Navalny. And as the world marks two years since the Russian war in Ukraine started... The new restrictions are targeting Moscow, its war machine, and those helping Putin evade existing sanctions. More maybe maybe sees Patrick Revel in Kyiv. Ultimately, the Kremlin is well used to sanctions at this stage. And the thing that really does worry the Russians is American military support. That is where we've seen real pressure on Russia. where ultimately, we've seen Putin's regime begin to feel pressure. For example, when we saw the mutiny against him by the Wagner Group's leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, just last summer. That was at a point when Russia was suffering huge losses and was feeling real pressure. On the battlefield, because in part of the weapon systems that the Ukrainians were using to such effect. And so ultimately, it's true that while sanctions are important, they shouldn't be downplayed too much. Ultimately, the real impact is military support. An ally of the late opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, says that Russian authorities have given his mother a deadline to agree to forego a public funeral or else they'll bury him immediately on prison grounds. Navalny's close associate says that the mother was given three hours to accept a proposal for a private funeral outside the public eye in what appears to be another dark twist in the almost week-long standoff with authorities to retrieve the politician's body. The 47-year-old Navalny, Russia's most well-known opposition politician, unexpectedly died last Friday in an Arctic penal colony. Russian authorities have sought to suppress any outpouring of sympathy for President Vladimir Putin's fiercest foe. Meanwhile, President Biden is continuing to push House Republicans to pass some funding for Ukraine. More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden Friday said two years ago when Russia started its invasion of Ukraine, Vladimir Putin believed he could easily bend the will and break the resolve of the Ukrainian people. Two years later, he remains wrong. He didn't do that. He wasn't able to do that. Kiev is still standing. The president said that's because of the sheer bravery and sacrifice of the Ukrainians, but also the support of the U.S. He again called on House Republicans to step up and pass the $60 billion in funding for Ukraine that's already passed the Senate with bipartisan support. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Former President Donald Trump says he would, quote, strongly support the availability of in vitro fertilization for couples who are trying to have a baby. He's calling on lawmakers in Alabama to act quickly to find an immediate solution to preserve the availability of IVF in the state. Those comments come after a ruling by the all-Republican Alabama Supreme Court that frozen embryos can be considered children under state law. Since then, several clinics in the state have announced pauses of IVF services. It's Trump's first comment on the ruling, which has divided many Republicans nationally. A couple hundred thousand early ballots have been cast in the last two weeks for South Carolina's primary tomorrow. In 2020, nearly 500,000 people voted in the primary. For Nikki Haley's camp, they admit this will be an uphill battle. More maybe she's M. win. With just one more day until South Carolina's Republican presidential primary, about 217,000 ballots have been cast in the two-week window for early voting and absentee ballots. In a press call, Nikki Haley's campaign manager acknowledged the road ahead is difficult for her, but continued to pitch Haley as the only candidate between her and former President Donald Trump, who could beat President Joe Biden in November. No matter what happens tomorrow. Her campaign says they are staying through Super Tuesday, which is in early March. Win, ABC News, Washington. Israel is seeking open-ended control over security and civilian affairs in the Gaza Strip, according to a long-awaited post-war plan by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. His ideas were swiftly rejected today by Palestinian leaders and run counter to Washington's vision for the war-ravaged enclave. Netanyahu presented the two-page document to a security cabinet late Thursday for approval. Separately, ceasefire efforts appeared to gain traction with mediators to present a new proposal at an expected high-level meeting this weekend in Paris. In Gaza, Israeli airstrikes in the center and south of the territory killed at least 68 Palestinians, including children and women. The overall Palestinian death toll surpassed 29,500. The CDC says the respiratory illness season likely has passed its peak, but activity remains high in half of U.S. states. More of maybe she's Dave Packer. While hospitals are seeing slightly fewer COVID flu and RSV patients this week, the number of overall respiratory illness patients is holding steady, says the CDC, similar to last week. 25 states plus New York and D.C. experiencing high or very high levels of respiratory illness activity. The CDC warns that the cold and flu season is not over And it's still possible there will be infection increases in the upcoming months. Dave Packer, ABC News. And there's a new controversy in Major League Baseball heading into this season. It's the see-through pants the league is now using. More maybe sees Alex Stone. Major League Baseball is trying to go with lighter performance uniforms, but with the switch first unveiled at the All-Star Game last year, there's a problem. In spring training, players have quickly noticed the pants are see-through, and some players say the new jerseys look amateur, the numbers look weird, and the whole thing fits strangely. And supply chain problems have players joking they're just going to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy their own pants. And- are not see-through. MLB says adjustments are being made to size, waist, inseam, and fit. Alex Stone, EBC News.